This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. see you come in <laughs> my name is eric siska and this is we hate movies special rerun edition reruns yeah rerun i'm with andrew and steve here. yeah just crack open an orange soda get those doritos <laughs> just where you want them oh yeah this is time for some summer reruns because we're on vacation right now yeah. <laughs> yeah. these tropical vacations <laughs> <laughs> speaking of doritos <laughs> My my vacation gets <laughs> tropical when I start buying bags of chili lime Doritos. Uh, I'm personally I'm hoping my vacation right now, wherever I am, is mm. sort of a weekend at Bernie's esque farce. <laughs> oh yeah, well that's your, what you want. Uh, yeah, your well, boss gave you a really innate task to do for three days to give you a better job. <laughs> that's how the corporate world works. And then I then I then I desecrated his corpse. <laughs> Still like a week long. Desecrate that corpse. Let's yeah. make it 2014. That's it. I'm going to call it on this show just because, you know, you're listening to the rerun. So, you know, you get our, our, our goodwill anyway. In 2015, we will do a weekend at Bernie's film. There it is. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Breaking one, news. Because they're both classic apps in the yeah. making. We could just do a double. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, basically what we're doing here is obviously we're gone and our voices have remained here to, to let you know. That we're going to, you know, through the month of August, we're going to replay some episodes that we've personally enjoyed over the years. And uh, I selected Invisible Child from our Listener Request Month. Oh, way back when. I think it was the first ever Listener Request Month. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's in the middle there somewhere. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, whatever. Because I felt like I remembered when Invisible Child happened, it was like, wow, like... Sometimes these requests really pay off. Well, that was because Hider in the House happened first in the first Oh, one. you're totally right. right. Yeah. That yep. was a good one, too. But Invisible Up his own Child... Ass expert Steven Sadak says. <laughs> but Invisible Child is like of that same irk, yeah. or ilk, rather, of Hider in the House, where it was like, this movie's what? <laughs> For a second, I thought you were going to say it's of the same Urkel. <laughs> no, nothing's of the same Urkel. <laughs> there can only be one Urkel. Man, I was talking about Urkel earlier today, man. Played a shrimp. That's weird. Yeah, that's fucking bizarre. So, uh, basically, you know, this is an episode that I liked. And we, each week throughout the month of August and early September once, yep. um, we are going to say, hey, check out this old episode. And, you know, we've had people say, I wish we had uh, older episodes on the feed. So this is a way for you folks at home to get those older episodes on the feed. And now that I'm thinking about it, like, so this is like, you know, we're doing these now because we're sort of in between the seasons of We Hate Movies. Uh-huh. Like, this is, you listen to Ninja Turtles 2, it was like the end of season four of We Hate Movies, I guess you could put it that way, mm. maybe. 
Now I'm thinking, man, we just put these rerun bumpers on old episodes. We can take off all sorts of time. We can take off all year. We got over 160 episodes, man. Nobody would notice. We could take off two and a half years if we wanted to. How about that? Uh, I don't want to do that, though. Just a quick programming note. This is going to sound a little jacked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had to excise the popular music uh, as that's one of the reasons you haven't heard this guy in a long time. Yeah, exactly. But, you know. It's okay. We'll just, uh, you know, you'll be joining the episode as early as we can cut in. And then we'll, you know, fade out at a certain point. Does, so, that, does that sound good, everyone? <laughs> yes. It's a room full of school children. Well, then You're not going to get that download back. You might as well listen. <laughs> and now we join We Hate Movies, already in progress. Uh, I'm a bit of a ringer on this episode because mm-hmm. I caught the last 20 minutes of this, which is kind of the only part of the movie you need to see. <laughs> I mean, to get an idea of the movie, yes. yes. To fully sulk in the batshit sanity of it, <laughs> no, you need, you need more. I, yeah, I watched the last 20 minutes and I, I just was talking about it for months and I never even like bothered <laughs> looking it up or trying to find it. And then we got this request. I was like, oh my God, that's that movie. And, you know, a quick little personal digression is I, I actually worked at Lifetime Television for two years, and I am ashamed that I didn't know about this movie until now. Really dropped the ball on this one. Yeah. I mean, this, this is, I will say this right now. We got a lot of good stuff coming up throughout the month. This, I think for me, is the hider in the house of this round of all requests. Yeah, it's a, really, it's a good one. Uh, so the flick is as follows. Rita Wilson and Victor Garber are a married couple uh, who have three kids. A little girl, a little boy, and a fucking invisible kid that only Rita Wilson thinks is real. It, it's, it's totally out of control. Like, the movie starts off, and you're like, oh, I think I get what's going on. Like, oh, no. No. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and the lengths that this family goes to to keep this fantasy alive. Can we all agree right at the top? That this whole thing, the whole ridiculousness of what we see, is all Victor Garber's fault? Yes, 100%. He's the villain of the movie. <laughs> He's the most disgusting enabler I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So w- the movie starts off, uh, there's, a, there's a girl uh, looking through a, a, like a, it's like a college campus bulletin board. It's like the start of the House of the Devil. I know. <laughs> Right away, I was like, oh, man, kind of wish I had that on. But, you know, I didn't you know, live to regret it. This actually turned out to be mildly entertaining. Uh, so, yeah, she picks a number off, and it's like, you know, nanny wanted, must have a good sense of humor, you know, family of three kids or whatever. Yeah, good sense of humor is right, by the way. <laughs> That's code right there. Mm-hmm. Hope you love to laugh. <laughs> Hope you're... Uh, your vivid imagination is still right on schedule. <laughs> That's like rock climbing on Craigslist, which means like smoking crack. Yeah. So <laughs> is that a thing? Oh, yeah. Really? Good. Did you learn that from a ski bunny? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> or is it a snow bunny? I don't know. Yeah, so like, let's what hit the you... slopes together, yeah. a.k.a. do a lot of coke. <laughs> the <laughs> slopes I've heard before, yeah. but rock climbing, <laughs> that is fucking hilarious. Because if you think about it, when is a crackhead ever going to rock climb? <laughs> That's pretty clever for them. <laughs> but I, I, but I I also love the idea of, They'll like... never catch me now. Or... <laughs> I'm just up on the mountaintop. <laughs> <laughs> just 
But you're like, you're doing these hard drugs, but you're like patting yourself on the back. Like, oh, what rock climbing today. Look at my washboard abs. <laughs> oh, no, this crack's starting to wear off. Better belay to the bottom of the cliff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess when you pass out in your chair, that's setting up at base camp. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get to the summit tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> you pass out in the bathtub. But yeah, I guess uh, so good sense of humor means everyone's fucking crazy. Because, <laughs> I mean, Victor Garber and the oldest daughter, who's played by Mae Whitman from Adult, uh, adult uh, Arrested Development. Uh, she's a young... Scott like, Pilgrim versus the she's world. She's in, in Scott Pilgrim. Uh, she's the daughter, and she goes along with it, but she knows it's fake and understands that it's fucked up. But she loves her mother. And then the little boy is played by the creepy little boy from The Ring. Uh, he's creepy in this, too. Don't worry. Uh, but he's so young that he just thinks that it's real. And, yeah. N- n- like, Victor Garber didn't take him aside and be I guess because if I guess he's so young that, like, he would blow it if Victor Garber was like, okay, it's not real. But... Yeah, no, he'd, he'd mess up the whole operation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like, the, he's like a very precocious kid. This is a kid that's had precociousness grafted onto him. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. the family made him precocious because he, they had to make him fucking believe this bullshit. Right. It's like if, if a kid said one time, like, oh, my invisible sister, yeah. everyone would be like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. But he's forced to say that like 40 times a day. So it's all just it's just it's a it's a big, disgusting, layered pile of precociousness all over this kid. And this movie kind of unfolds like this. So, like this woman also, uh, the nanny uh, who takes who t- who looks up the ad, is this British woman who's just as stupid as anyone I've ever met in my life. Oh, she's the dumbest character in this movie. And Rita Wilson believes she has an invisible child. <laughs> That's how dumb this nanny is. Like Rita Wilson, you just feel bad for everyone else. You're just like, why is everyone fucking? tolerating this i mean that's the one thing that works in this movie is that you do feel bad for rita wilson because she's so obviously insane (laughs) uh so she goes to the house and you know responding to this ad or whatever and victor garber cuts right to the chase he's like oh nice to meet you this is where your bedroom would be now by the way my three kids and she's like what there's just two is there one out and he's like no 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 one's invisible like straight fa- and he's like I can't tell you how fucking serious I am about this if you fuck this up deported like yes. oh, yeah. <laughs> I've got powerful connections he's like we've got uh we've got Mae Whitman we've got little Timmy and Maggie and Maggie's invisible and she's your most important job responsibility your job is to humor my wife <laughs> <laughs> the most difficult part of the job will be taking care of our daughter Oh, no, Rebecca's delightful. Not Doc, our other daughter. Oh, she must be out with your wife. Well, should I wait for her? She's not out. Asleep? She's not home. Our other daughter is Maggie. She's five years old, and she exists only in the mind of my wife. They get the ball rolling right from the beginning. Invisible child, this is what's going on. She's got Mm -hmm. a new nanny. We're learning the world. But, like, immediately, this woman isn't, like... Well, what are you fucking serious? Why is this happening? She never, we don't find out why this is happening until an hour into the film. Right. And if you're in a job interview or whatever, like you're perfectly within your right to be like, I'm sorry, what did you just say? Could you elaborate just the tiniest bit (laughs) before I agree to move in with you? 
Like, is your wife an actress? Like, is this... <laughs> is she a performance artist? What, what's happening right now? Does she have some sort of PTSD? Did, yeah. Was she in a car accident? Is, is she criminally insane? <laughs> is she part of Batman's rogues gallery? <laughs> Did she spend a few years in Arkham? This woman could use some Arkham. She could use quite a bit of Arkham. Uh, but so she doesn't ask that, and she just agrees... Right away, we're going to get into this. I'm going to move in with this family and keep up this charade for $400 a week. Well, the thing is, like, she, she can't even get a chance to get out the door before Rita Wilson shows up with this invisible child. She's almost, yeah, she's almost roped into it. Yeah, Rita Wilson's just like, but you've you got to take the job. You got nowhere else to go. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I saw your car out there. You got a bunch of suitcases in it. Means you don't have a home. You must have just drove here from England and don't have anywhere to sleep. <laughs> and the good thing is, Rita Wilson's doing crazy voice this entire movie. Like, yes. she's a good enough actress where if she just wanted to play something straight, where, you know, this woman just believed she had an invisible child, and, like, she's not really crazy, she could have just been like, oh, that's my kid. And she's like, that's my child. Oh, you're from England. That's exciting. You ever meet a dragon? <laughs> like, she's totally playing this up to be not so crazy. So, yeah, she's not giving... And, like, Victor Garber, too, is like, oh, honey, well, you know, why don't we give her some time to go home and think about it? And she's like, well, hon, I already told you she doesn't have a home. This is also something that I'm kind of realizing, though, because the beginning of the movie... Uh, Victor Garber isn't even let in on the decision that they're gonna. She's gonna hire this nanny. Right. She places. Yes. She places an ad, and like Victor Garber's like t thrown off by it, and then he's like, "I guess my wife did leave, so she must be off doing something dangerous and crazy." Mm -hmm. Like, th if this woman is so, like, if you're gonna humor this woman, she's got to be housebound the entire time, or like never allowed a, allowed on her own, because she's she's gonna get the white coats, man. I mean, that's. That, to me, is one of the... This is a ridiculous way to put this, but this is one of the unbelievable parts of this movie, <laughs> is that only one time, one time is there ever anyone outside the family that's like, wait, what did you just say? Who are you talking to right now? Like, that would happen way more often. Like, Rita Wilson's yeah. out running errands, driving all over the place. Like and she's always, like, holding a little hand that's not there. Like... You're in New York City. You see someone talking to themselves. You're like, whatever. Fucking crazy New York. That's fine. But this is like suburban California. Like, someone's saying something at the grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> Maggie, this is Jillian. Jillian, this is Maggie. Hello, Maggie. It's nice to meet you. So she takes this job, and then a lot of this movie is this nanny just sort of adapting to the craziness. Yeah, and there's one great moment early on. I think it's like the first day on the job where, where um, Mae Whitman is like on the swing set, and she's asked to like Rita Wilson asks her to like play with the kids on the swing set, and of course one of the swings has nobody in it, <laughs> and so this nanny just has to start pushing the swing with no one in it and like may whitman just turns around and be like oh maggie's in a room sleeping now what are you doing <laughs> but she's what she's saying there is like she's preparing her for the crazy shit that rita wilson's gonna throw at her you know later on down the road like what are you talking about of course maggie's not there she's inside she's like this is what you're gonna fucking deal with hope you're happy invisible boot camp <laughs> 
Invisible Hell Week? Like, yeah. just like, where is she? Where is she? I don't know. She's invisible. Wrong. She's upstairs sleeping. <laughs> Wrong. It's her birthday. I'm actually surprised that doesn't happen more in this movie. Like, oh, you sat on her. I was expecting her to be sat on. You crushed her little bones, her little <laughs> invisible bones, and now the doctors don't know how to put her back together because she's invisible. <laughs> Although I guess she's not invisible to real. We'll By the see. way, the funny thing is, like, this movie also, like, a lot of this movie's really well thought out in quotation marks. It's still like, well, what happens when this kid gets sick? And what would happen is Victor Garber would be like, well, I'll just take her to the doctor. You stay home. And I, he, he would like go away for a couple hours and come back. She's all better. Like, which, I mean, Victor Garber, aside from being like the biggest disgusting enabler in cinema history, uh, he's also the nicest dude ever, right? Because like, your crazy as shit wife is like, hey, take this non-existent person to the doctor. And you just go out and like, I don't know, you go to the park or whatever. Maybe he takes in a movie. But, a lesser man would be like, all right, I'm going to take her to the doctor again today. Yeah. Go out toward <laughs> affair with the neighbor. But it gets worse than that because at one point, the invisible child, Maggie, comes down with a fever, according to Rita Wilson. And she goes with him to the doctor. Oh, yeah. The, the jig is up at this they, point. They are in the waiting room, and he has to feign an illness so the doctor can see him. And then he just lies about it, and the guy's just like, well, maybe it's in your head. What? Okay. And then he, Victor Garber goes to the point where he asks for a lollipop for his daughter in the <laughs> waiting room just to prove to Weaver Wilson that he that that it was the child that was examined because there's a lollipop for Maggie. But this is how many holes are in Rita Wilson's story, okay? Like Victor Garber comes out of this, you know, doctor's room or whatever and he's got this lollipop. Why isn't the lollipop floating all over the place? Exactly. You know what I mean? Why isn't it being eaten a little bit at a time? Or like it's in like uh, Memoirs of Invisible Man when like he's digesting hard food and yes. you can see it happening. <laughs> that never happens. But the, that that seems great because like it's so crazy because he's like he goes up to, to the room and he's like, oh, man, I have this really bad stomach ache. And the guy's like, well, you, you know, I don't see anything. And he's like. Can I have a lollipop? <laughs> like, it's, just, it's just this really awkward silence. Sir, you know you can get lollipops at like a drugstore or something. You don't need to come to the doctor to get if them. If that happened, like somebody was clearly lying or just like, you know, maybe he's a hypochondriac. The second he asks for a lollipop, I'm like, sir, is this your bizarre sexual fetish? Because I've warned you about this. <laughs> I... I I want you out of my office. I think as a doctor, I'd probably shrug. I'm like, well, you know, it's his. He's paying a hundred dollar copay. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, the least he can get is a lollipop. Uh, one of the things that I love is there's a early on dinner scene, uh, and they they all sit down and they're they're taking their places. And Rita Wilson's talking to the nanny, and she's like, "Oh, you can sit over here next to Maggie." And there's a plate of food set up, and it, like the place setting, the whole thing for Elijah. <laughs> <laughs> And she's like, oh, Maggie, would you like to say grace? And, like, there's so many awkward stolen glances between every other family member in this movie. And they're all looking around, and they just sit there in silence until Rita Wilson goes, oh, that was beautiful. <laughs> you know how long I would last? And, like, you want to talk about when Steve's going to kill himself in a movie? <laughs> how long would Andrew last in a movie with an obviously crazy person who's being humored by everybody? Six seconds. Six seconds dealing with a person and like this. And that's when you kill your family? 
No, that's when I I feel I would take it upon myself to call her out. You and I'd be to. like, oh, where's Maggie? And I'd start putting my <laughs> fist right there. Oh, am I hurting Maggie? What am I doing right now? Oh, I'm picking Maggie up. I'm going to throw her in the pool. <laughs> You're just sitting down going, eh, eh, eh. Yeah, totally. Oh, this is weird. I could sit all the way down to the, the bottom of the cushion, yet Maggie supposedly is there. Is she intangible as well? Don't worry, Rita Wilson. Maggie's telling me how delicious this pillow tastes. <laughs> that is horrific. But I, I mean, I have no tolerance for the games they're playing in this movie. No, I mean, no, it is absurd because it's it's absurd. It's dangerous. It's the worst way to raise two real children. Uh huh. Yeah, and, those real children are complete afterthoughts. Well, at, at one point, the the nanny goes to a psychiatrist, and she's like, "It's kind of funny because at first she's doing the whole I'm asking for a friend," mm-hmm. and the psychiatrist is like, "Listen." Anytime someone comes into my office and says they're asking for a friend, it's definitely just them. So what is this problem? And she relays this whole thing, and the guy's like, okay, kind of sounds like the older girl is being forced to grow up way faster than she needs to be. And the younger kid, well, he's just going to become a complete psychotic broken from reality because he's young enough where he's believing that this is real. And she's like, well, that... That's not the, the case. These kids are nice. Like, the whole thing is, like, everybody's fine, no matter what. Because, you know what? It's like this United States of Terra bullshit, which Fuck that show. drove me up the wall, which is, like, somebody obviously with like a mental impairment, right? And she's got a problem. She needs to be on pills. She needs to, be a, yeah. she needs to go to a psychiatrist, whatever. But it's, like, this thing of, like, no, no, no. That's how our family works, okay? Like, you can look at your family with your perfect 2.3 children yep. and your mom and dad and mom stays home, but this family works where my mom's a man half the week. <laughs> she's got, like, God knows what. And sometimes she's this psychotic homemaker, and then sometimes she's a 16-year-old slut. It's awesome. Like, that's just our family. Don't put your conservative values on our family. Look, if we're going to get our Christmas card photo taken and my mom is dressed up like a trucker named Biff. That's not your problem, baby. That's family <laughs> love. And that's what they do in this movie. They justify everything by, well, at least we love each other. Hey, all you need is love, right? That, the Beatles said it. Why can't we? And it's like, no, you're, you're so endangering your entire family right now. Well, you know, let's, let's, let's switch it a little bit. Mom doesn't see an invisible child. But mom likes to get fucking sauced every day. Mm-hmm. Is that just how your family works? Is your family yeah. just our family works when mom goes to bed at three p.m. and sleeps it off? She'll throw plates and hit us, but you know that's just how our family works. But I mean, that's where they kind of justify everything because no one's getting hit, no one's getting molested, yeah. no one's getting slapped around, no one's getting <laughs> locked in a basement. Yeah, whatever else you can do to kids, I'm <laughs> fill, in, <laughs> fill in your own atrocity. I mean, that's a, they say. Like, look, we're not doing any of that, so fuck it. But it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, your little boy is gonna grow up. Eric, I believe you said he's gonna grow up to be Kevin Bacon in Hollow Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just imagine that this kid is gonna have like this this deep memory of like this desire to be invisible. And he's going to do the research to actually yeah, become right? the it's invisible a, child. My whole life I've wanted to be like my sister Maggie. And now I can and I'm going to rape everybody. Yeah, and then he's just going to be pushing ladies into pools. <laughs> that whole hollow man is just raping people and throwing people in pools. Well, and they, a dead gorilla. You know what? You wouldn't know. <laughs> you guys wouldn't know what you'd do if you were invisible. 
but the, that's what that first movie off, asks, that's what that movie asks you to accept exactly. by the way like listen you don't know what it's like to be invisible you've never been put put in front of a situation like that it's just, but it takes that whole thing it's just about your penis like that's the whole thing it's mm-hmm. like man you would just You'd rape everybody. Like it's like kind of like Paul Verhoeven being like like kind of like talking too long, and everyone starts staring at him. Like, what? If you're invisible, you're gonna rape everybody, right? And then everyone's like, "What? What are you talking about, Paul?" Like, no, you would like rob a bank, right? And everything, like, yeah. And then you would like go to a woman's house and rape her because she wouldn't be able to stop because she wouldn't see. Paul, everyone's leaving. <laughs> everyone's leaving the party, Paul. I feel like everybody leaves Paul Verhoeven's parties pretty early. They're probably pretty dark. Pretty early and most definitely looking for something else to do. <laughs> Once he gets into his whole RoboCop is Jesus metaphor, everyone's like, all right, Paul, <laughs> we're okay. There's another great scene where uh, the nanny agrees. What's her name? J- Jillian is the nanny. Yes. Uh, agrees to give Maggie a bath. <laughs> and you just see this poor woman's just splashing around in this bathtub like oh did you get soap in your eye oh good yeah. like that's a, actually a great yeah. part she's like oh good because i meant to get soap in your eye <laughs> she has to talk to this th- but well also part of it is like rita wilson also spies on her doing these constantly things. spying on her but also- she's looking like you know oh good she's talking to this kid which i want i feel in some regard do you think Somewhere deep down, the entire time in this movie, Rita Wilson knows that this is fucked up. Well, that's kind of the thing you never know, is how deep she thinks. Of it. Like, either she's, like, completely crazy or the most evil jerk that ever lived. Because if, <laughs> if this is just for attention, man, you're a piece of garbage. Yes. I mean, if you're crazy, it's your family that's also a piece of garbage. Yes. You know. Uh, I I prefer to see that she's totally crazy. Like, there's no reason Mm -hmm. not to think that because she's there's like all sorts of things about like she wants the food to disappear. And like the the little girl like uh, has to like like say, hey, mom, what's that? And then take food from the other plate and put it on hers. The little girl, the real little girl literally has to have like this eating disorder where she has to eat like two dinners a night in order for her (laughs) crazy crackpot mom to like be be able to sleep at night knowing that her invisible child's got a bunch of food in her belly. (laughs) That just works for us, Eric. You don't understand (laughs) us and our family, okay? The extent that this little girl goes to, though, to, like, really legitimize this for the mother, in the morning, she's got a whole routine of, like, she goes into the room and she's like, rise and shine, Maggie, and she's, like, taking down the bed and ruffling up the pillow and throwing, like, toys on the floor. It's like she's creating a reverse crime scene. (laughs) Like, if you murder someone, you, like, hide the body and then you're fixing up the room and make the bed make it look like no one's in there get used to it kid that's all i can say you're pretending that you murdered someone then you're just like messing up showing (laughs) showing signs of a struggle just to make it look like something happened in this room and she's like what what i never could figure out was how legit crazy the little girl was turning because she also the father too they talk to this non-entity yeah you know and i don't know if it's that's a thing like it's for them you know to sort of like make it easier than being like fucking mom's so crazy maybe it's just gotten to habit like they do it in front of rita wilson all the time that like when she's not there it's just like all right maggie i think she's crazy because it's a thing where like 
Who, the daughter? Yeah, the daughter has to be because, like, it's a thing where you're doing this for so long, you're so young, like, and all she's doing is lying all the time. Every day oh, of her yes. life, she's just lie, lie, lie. She, like, turns into Michael Keaton in the Dream Team. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he seems okay. He seems like the <laughs> most love, solid one of them all. You love bringing up that movie. I love the Dream Team. But, like, he's, he's either the most solid one of them all, but he's a, like, he's a complete sociopath. Because yeah. all he does is lie the whole fucking time. You have no idea who this little girl really is. Yeah. You know, that's true. I mean, she even goes by a fake name. Her name's like Amanda or something. And she's like, they call me Doc. Mm-hmm. That's fucked Her, up. Uh, Rebecca. Oh, Rebecca. And uh, yeah, they, yeah, she goes by Doc just to be creepier like the fucking Shining. <laughs> uh, they start going yes. to the park is what, like, mm-hmm. I mean, this movie kind of, it, it's really just like letting... It's unlike any other Lifetime movie where here's the problem, okay, and it's, all most Lifetime movies are kind of take the form of like after school specials, right? Yes. Like someone's drinking too much, that's going to be bad, and then we learn a lesson, and they either die at the end or they don't, and that's how we learn our lesson. And this movie, not so much. No, there's no real, I mean, that's what's ridiculous, right? It's like when I think of Lifetime movies, I think of these movies where there is some sort of social issue mm-hmm. that they're tackling. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's like, you know, a deadbeat dad addicted to internet pornography. <laughs> yeah, she's too young. Yeah, high school orgies where everybody gets chlamydia. She, she woke up pregnant. Mother, May I Sleep with Danger with Tori Spelling, where she gets abused by Fred Savage until she dies. No, you may not sleep with danger, young, young lady. Not in this house. <laughs> All of these things, right? But was there really a fake child epidemic going around that someone was like, better get this to Lifetime? Do you think this is like, rip- yeah, maybe it's ripped from the headlines maybe some some uh, crazy lady out there it would almost have to be right because like who would, i mean like i feel like one of those like idiots that walks by a movie but who would come up with this stuff <laughs> but like literally who could come up with this stuff uh so they're going to the park one of my favorite scenes in the park this is phenomenal is uh rita wilson's like i'm gonna show the nanny where the bathroom is in the park because Little Maggie has to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and this is the instance where someone in public calls them on the insanity because they walk in and they're talking. And this is a weird, like, Rita Wilson's like, I just don't understand how people can live alone. Like, she's asking the, the woman why she moved from England and wasn't that so tough because you were by yourself. And she's like, I just feel bad for those people. Well, she's, I mean, again, she's doing super crazy voice and she's got dead eyes and she's looking mm-hmm. like she's, she has no idea what social cues are. Like, yes. you would ask one question and then leave with the fuck alone. Oh, oh, things aren't good at home. I'm leaving it alone. Yeah, not only are you totally crazy, you have zero social graces. <laughs> it makes for a really poor person to be around so it's like oh you know there's a line at the bathroom it's two women it's 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 them two and then behind them is this other woman and like it's their turn to go to the bathroom and rita wilson's like okay maggie there you go and like closes the door and then this woman's like what the fuck did you just do (laughs) if if you're not gonna use it uh oh oh your child's in there rita wilson's (laughs) like uh my daughter's in there and she gives her the biggest, like, you've got to be fucking kidding me look. Well, she actually says, which I love, is like, 
what are you crazy? Like it's just like finally. And it's so awesome though when that happens. And this happens a few times too. Like the little boy says, like, I love my sister Maggie. She's invisible. And yeah. Rita Wilson's like, hmm. <laughs> like she passes off anytime someone even like mildly calls her on something. Yeah. So this woman's like, What are you crazy? And she's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> And then the other stall No, I don't up. want pancakes. <laughs> The other stall opens up, and this woman, this woman is the hero of the movie. Before going into the stall and closing the door, she goes, You got another kid? Oh, burn, lady. Dude, she delivers that like Jackie Gleason. It's a real snappy <laughs> one-liner. Oh, my God. Ralph Cramden comes to this town and is just not having the invisible child. If Ralph Cramden knocked on the door was like, I'm here for the nanny job. <laughs> This woman would have been straightened out too sweet. That invisible child would have disintegrated. He'd just like pat Victor Garber on the shoulder. Well, sorry, pal. Yes, your wife's Looney Tunes and walk right out. <laughs> but then the twist is, oh, my God, Ed Norton was was invisible the whole time. <laughs> no wonder he kept coming through my window. <laughs> no wonder he worked in the sewers where no one could see him. <laughs> oh, man, I want to watch The Honeymooners. Yeah. <laughs> There's a uncomfortable moment that I wanted to talk about really quickly. Uh, along the lines of how uh, Mae Whitman's character is like being forced to grow up too fast and everything. There's this one, like, I don't remember the scene that precedes it, but it's like something happens and it's cut to she's dressed up in like adult gown with like makeup on and she's like dancing in front of this mirror and whatever and there's all this makeup on and Rita Wilson's just like oh you're so beautiful it's like okay invisible child crazy mom voice creepy son who may be in the ring someday and now your daughter's just playing eerie dress up like I understand that there's dress up <laughs> yeah, there is a there's difference. dress up but then there's eerie dress up <laughs> and what's great is like she's like putting this makeup on and she's looking in the mirror like mmm Mm. And I'm like, you're 10 years yeah, old. This to- is toddlers and tiaras. Yeah, totally. It's like, what's that fucking disgusting piece of shit family? Uh, the the baby Moo Moo. What is that show? Boo Boo. Oh, he- here comes Honey Boo Boo. Honey Boo Boo. These disgusting fucking toddlers and tiara mothers. And this country gives these people a fucking television show. The most chilled I've ever been. I was in an elevator, and this the six year old daughter's and talking there, to her. There she was, Jean Benet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Mystery solved. Steve, do you want to tell us something? Well, yeah, she wasn't invisible, buddy. I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to ruin the, my uh, upcoming autobiography. Rubbing elbows with the Ramses. <laughs> God damn it! Well, why are we disgracing dead people every week now? I'm so sorry. It's all coming from you, pal. No, I know, but, that's. So I'm in an elevator, and this this woman's talking to her daughter. This woman's like 40. Her daughter's like seven, and she's like. I like your outfit. It's a real nice outfit. She's like, thanks, Mom. And she's like, you look real sexy today. Aren't you real sexy today? I'm like, don't use that fucking word with a little girl. It's so gross, man. And that's all this honey boo-boo bullshit is. It's like this fucking pig mother just <laughs> trotting this little disgusting shit around at all these pageants. And this kid, because of this other TV show, is this fucking drop-dead diva. But she's like eight years old. Yeah. It's the most disgusting thing America has ever brought to television oh my god you know actually i was when i was on vacation i had cable for a change and (laughs) Uh and i saw 
so many goddamn commercials for this show. Yeah. So I just want to let you know uh, one of the child's catchphrases. Uh-huh. You better redneck an eyes. Uh, tell me anyone is going to sit there and say that she made that up on her own, by the way. Oh, no, no, no. no a, a, a producer, a 40-year-old producer was yelling at her to, <laughs> to have her say that. You want to eat tonight, honey boo boo? Say the line. Here's what I want. I want reality show team up, okay? And I want honey boo boo fucking pig face family to go on a trip with the ice road truckers. <laughs> in where the ice road trucker goes down a dangerous route and has to bail out of the truck, but in the craziness of the moment, <laughs> forgets to let the rest of that fucking family know that he's going to jump out of this truck on an icy road. But it's okay, because they're in Sarah Palin's Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> no one dies in Sarah Palin's Alaska. The episode's released under the title Jackknife. <laughs> But this child in front of this mirror is yeah. just like, look at me! Someone look at me! Stop looking at nothing and showering it with praise. I'm wearing crazy dresses and crying for your attention. And the kid also says, you used to dress up like this. Like, like Mom, remember when you had a life? Before yes, you had, before you totally. Before you had a crazy no, non-baby? And, like, Rita Wilson passes it off as, like, don't make fun of my old clothes. But it's like, no, she's really saying, like, you and Dad used to go out to dinner before you held hands with air. <laughs> well, that's the best part is, like, at one point, uh, this, this nanny, like, falls in love with this family, which you never would. Like, there's two – there's only two ways I could buy this nanny character. One, she's a real lazy piece of shit, like, woman, and it's just like – you're paying me for three kids? I only got to watch two? Awesome. I'm on board. Like uh, The Andrew Jupin method? Continue. Yes, absolutely. Or undercover social worker. Like <laughs> There's been a lot of shit going around. What's going on at old Garber's place? And she's just like, hello, I'm from the agency. And it's just... You know what, though? And as much as I love the concept of undercover social worker, and I want us to start collaborating on the screenplay immediately... <laughs> With this particular situation, like, there's some abuse situations where, like, you meet the father and you're like, is he punching this kid in the face? Yeah. Or, you know, is he going into the bedroom at night? All those things. But with this situation, it's so clearly apparent what's going on. There would be no undercover social worker movie. It would be like a commercials length. <laughs> like, well, obviously, you are unfit parents. Goodbye, credits. Yeah, yeah she wouldn't have to use a whole tape for a wire. <laughs> <laughs> Undercover Social Worker, by the way, that's a reality show. Do that. Like, fucking mm -hmm. do something good, America. Do put, good. Exactly. Yes. With put, your reality television. Find an awful fuck family and put an undercover social worker that's just going to be, oh, you want a prize. Don't a social put your worker. conservative values on my family. <laughs> that's, it works for us, all right? <laughs> Every once in a while, I go to the bedroom with her. <laughs> Why is it, by the way, I'm just, I can't stop thinking about this honey boo boo bullshit, but <laughs> why is it when you watch these pageant shows or whatever, the guy that is always the head judge, and it's always a guy, by the way, mm -hmm. is always the biggest kid toucher looking motherfucker. How come you can't get like Burt Reynolds to judge one of these things? <laughs> like some dude who's like, well, he's obviously not touching children. That's no, not ripe yet. <laughs> Because, yeah, <laughs> Burt Reynolds would be like, you know what? There's Stop sexualizing these children. This is disgusting. Nothing to see here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, big old nothing to see here. Sorry, can I only judge uh, uh, swimsuit competitions? <laughs> <laughs> You're all uh, horrible parents. <laughs>
What kind of car you drive? <laughs> <laughs> so around, <laughs> I guess around this point, we're kind of jumping around there a little bit, but uh, it's a vignette movie because it it's all the same scene it's, of craziness. Yeah, it's cycle babble. So. <laughs> Jillian at, at at night, you know, she's been tending to this this wretched family. <laughs> they have a jacuzzi. She likes to unwind a little bit, so she goes to the jacuzzi at night. And it turns out that um, Victor Garber's there, just chilling out, B- looking into the darkness. You want to talk about staring through time? By the way, <laughs> he's thinking about all sorts of Christmases before Maggie. Mm-hmm. It's all BM before <laughs> Maggie. My life before it fucking sucked horribly. Yeah, he's there contemplating suicide, and then <laughs> she shows up. They 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 sit in the hot tub together, and like he was unaware that she was using it, but it's cool. It's cool, you know. Oh yeah, big chill out. And then she he decides like, let me tell you how all this stuff happened. Like I owe it to you to tell you that. And right. Since you never bothered to ask <laughs> within ten minutes of meeting me. Since you, I, I honestly, I was waiting for you to bring it up because it seemed like that's what would happen. But I mean, it, it I, never I, did. And... I know how it started. <laughs> but you know, if you if you cared, I just assumed you would ask. So I want to bore you with the detail. <laughs> but but he knows well enough. That the jacuzzi is not the place to talk about this conversation. So he's like, are, are you hungry? Sure, yeah. So cut to them in the kitchen, and Victor Garber is making a pizza. And I'm not talking about taking it out of the box. I'm talking about making it. He's got prep. He's got like a prep table with all the different, like, here's a jar, of, like a, a can of mozzarella. Here's, here's like tomatoes and sauce and a ladle. It's a whole project. It's my favorite cut from any movie. <laughs> We're in a jacuzzi. Hey, you hungry? Now I'm making you a whole pizza. He's got like fists in the dough. It's like 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> it's an honest to goodness, like, mama mia pizza. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's late at night. I mean, come on. Open a bag of chips, get some salsa out. You want to okay. make a sandwich? That's fine. That's sandwich, a lo- low impact. Total tops reheat a hot dog. The only thing missing from this scene is Victor Garber throwing dough in the air. <laughs> Man, that would do. Because it, I think you brought this up, Andrew. And it's very, like, Victor Garber is clearly an actor's actor. Yes, actor. very like, much so. He's and all- I, I should say, I mean, I don't know about you guys. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I'm a fan of Victor Garber. I, when I see him and stuff, I'm like, okay. This guy's a great actor. It's yeah. a, you know he I, does a lot of theater, good work. and TV, and yeah, it's like when I see him and stuff, I'm like, okay, no matter what the size of the role, this guy's gonna kick ass. Absolutely, he's usually pretty believable too. Yeah. And he's always like that character, you know, that like older white dude, and you're like, nailed it. Perfect. That's exactly what an older white guy looks like. One of my favorite Victor Garber performances was uh, as Sinestro in the animated movie Green Lantern: First Flight. So he mo- is yes. an excellent Sinestro. So moving on. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think I saw that one. I tried to watch a lot of those animated no, it, movies. It's, I didn't it's see that so one. so much better than that fucking Ryan Reynolds movie. You got Chris Maloney as, as Hal Jordan. Oh, sold. Yeah, sold, that's, that's, sold. It's, it, is he investigating sex crimes across the universe? <laughs> it's, but it's weird because it's kind of like a, a Green Lantern training day. Because, like, Sinestro's <laughs> oh. a good guy in the beginning. And he's, like, using methods and, like... <laughs> so it's, it's more of a wet, hot American summer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, Hal Jordan, you ever get wet before? <laughs> No, Victor Garber's very good at that. So, yeah. but like, Sorry, derailed but, that whole thing. But you don't... Midnight snack is just that, a snack. You mm-hmm. can't... Once you turn on the oven, it's too. you've gone too far. Absolutely. What am I going to do? Awake the fucking invisible kids? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But, I mean, seriously, this is like... 
you cut this thing right, you're getting six or seven slices out of it, all right? Like, maybe you're going to have to have one of those slices kind of a thing, like cut it down the middle. You shouldn't be wrapping up. Yeah, if you have to take out foil after a snack because you couldn't finish it, not a snack. It's a meal. That's what meals are. Backtracking for just a second, this hot tub sequence, Mm -hmm. missed opportunity for sexual intercourse? Absolutely. You Mm -hmm. need sexual intercourse in this movie. He has been dealing with this for five years. Finally, he's got a shoulder to cry on, and she's pretty easy on the eye. (laughs) (laughs) We're both in a hot tub. We're halfway there. That's kind of what, like, because, you know, you're watching the Lifetime movie, and, you know, you got your little checklist out. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, who's drinking too much? Who's going to sleep with who? Like, infidelity, what's going on, secret lesbians, any of it. Where's the, where's the, the man hitting the woman? Yeah, exactly. What, and, like, she gets in that hot tub, and I'm like, oh, this makes sense. And it would kind of make sense, because she's like, she really sympathizes with him, and she's like, oh, your wife is so fucking terrible. You yeah, know what I mean? like, we're like two lost souls, like ships in the night. We're mm-hmm. just passing in the warm water of this hot tub. But Let's fuck. Maybe he was tempted, and he was just like, oh, I gotta eat a whole pizza so I don't, so I don't fuck her, so I don't fuck her. I gotta carbo load. <laughs> I gotta fall asleep real quick. That's, that's Victor Garber's version of a cold shower, making a pizza. <laughs> oh no, getting horny. Better make a pizza. Yeah. He's sitting, but like, just like he's sitting in the tub, he's sitting in the, the hot tub, and she sits down, and she's like, oh, it's a nice night. Really nice night. Where's Annie? She's playing patty cake with nothing. <laughs> and like, and just like she hugs him and then it happens. It just happens. I mean, you're in a hot tub, baby. You're either getting physical therapy or you're fucking. <laughs> totally two reasons to be in a hot tub. That's it. But so this scene, so basically, all right, so here it is. Finally, we know what's going on. And it's just like, mm-hmm. when's the miscarriage? When do we find out yes. that this is a miscarriage and it's like a postpartum thing? And like, and like, that's. It's not excusable, but it's understandable. Like, yeah. that's a traumatic event. Like, that's one of those shocking things that really, like, wow. Miscarriage, stillborn, SIDS, you know, toddler age car accident. Mm, just like, like yeah. and you lost a kid. Like, that's the first time I watched this, full disclosure, fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> fell asleep for, like, a good 20 minutes. Missed some of the crazy shit that we're going to get to in a minute. But I also missed... What I assumed was going to be an explanation. And for the past week or so, I've been walking around like, well, yeah, and, you know, when she, she had that abortion or, you know, that had that miscarriage or whatever. Nothing. He's like, well, I woke up one day and she was just doing it. <laughs> what the fuck do you mean she was just doing it? Well, because he's like, oh, you know, we had this great life, man. He's just oh, like, this is the worst. You know, she had this great life. I was, you know, I was a hot shit architect. She was my <laughs> wife. We would fly around the world. Want to go to Paris? We're in Paris. Want to go to Stockholm? Fucking Stockholm. But then all of a sudden we had our kid and everything kind of changed. And then my wife got bored with the one child we had and decided to make up a fake one. You want to talk about, like, the epitome of white people problems, fucking (laughs) upper crust America, like... When there aren't any problems with your life, when, 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 when you're not allowed to jet set to Switzerland, <laughs> better make up a kid just so you have some sort of conflict in your life. Also, by the way, when he's go, oh, yeah, I was such a hot shit architect. I was the Rolling Stones of making drawings of buildings. <laughs> you know, he's like, oh, we went here. We went there, baby. Yeah, all this shit. He's speaking to this glorified cleaning woman <laughs> who's come from nothing and She's like, oh, well, yeah, I know exactly what that's like. No, I don't. I never went anywhere. I spent 30 years in England. 
and then I came here. I have no idea how to relate to you about this. Hey, speak up. You're not invisible. <laughs> Do you think the invisible child only speaks in whispers? I would have to, right? Well, that's that a would ghost explain. then, though. Oh, yeah. Maybe maybe it's just a ghost. Whoa, guys. Maybe Rita Wilson is just really in tune with the other side, and she's seeing a baby ghost, and no one else can see it, but it's there. Oh, shit, dude. Baby ghost? That's terrifying. Mm-hmm. To- I think this would be a toddler ghost. It's like a little weird Victorian England dress yeah, kind exactly. of a thing. Yeah, no, no thanks. It's like uh, 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 The Changeling with George C. Scott. Excellent movie, by the way, but that features a Victorian era murdered child. So basically, she came down. St- he come. He's, he's drinking his. <laughs> he's got this great line. He's like, "I was drinking coffee, like I always do." Oh, you're a human being. Great. <laughs> oh yeah, we were jet setting to Paris. I had coffee every morning, <laughs> and then the kids happened. <laughs> oh, I never had coffee he's again. Just like, <laughs> it turned into tea time. No offense. <laughs> But he's like, I'm having, I'm having my coffee, oh, normal as day, and then all of a sudden she comes down and she's like, she starts boiling baby bottles, and I'm like, what? And I thought it was a joke, and then she asked my daughter when she came down if the crying kept her up, and I knew right then, she's crazy, but I gotta <laughs> deal with it. And he talks about how, like, he took her to a psychiatrist, oh, and when she re- like she read the sign on the door, was like, "Don't take me in there." You know what? If you take someone to the psychiatrist's office and they read that they're at a psych, if you're like, if you're like, "All right, honey, you know, we're going to the arts and crafts store," and she reads psychiatrist, <laughs> like, this isn't the arts and crafts store. Veterinarian. Yeah, and you know, she's like, "I don't want. Please don't take me in here." Take him in there. That's the telltale sign of crazy. You're missing one crucial part of that line. She doesn't say, don't take me in there. She's like, don't take me in there. They're going to take my baby away. Even more of a reason, Victor Garber. Take that baby away because it ain't real. And his whole thing is such bullshit. He's like, I couldn't bring myself to put her in the institution because I love her too much. If you love somebody, you want to see them get the help they deserve. Craziness ain't a house cold. It's not going <laughs> to go away with juice and bed rest. She's <laughs> fucking bonkers. I mean, you think about them. I don't. I'm not a. I'm not a psychiatrist. First off, everyone. So I. This You're, is oh, just. Shit. This is on. Yeah. This is just off the cuff. Blew my mind. But maybe she could have medication that she could just take. <laughs> Every every so often, and then maybe this won't happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. just maybe she talks. Like it's not a thing where like because this, that's what this movie wants you to think. It's like oh, because she's fucking crazy, right? She shouldn't even have kids. Like no, if if this is a movie about a woman that had depression and she had good days and bad days and she did her best and blah 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 blah, never did anything. Fine, keep your kids. Mm-hmm. This woman doesn't deserve to be around children. She's fucking crazy. She's fucking crazy, but also to the point, though, she's not a bad mother. I mean, all to, like, invisible child aside, she's not hitting him. She's not sneaking in the room at night. She's not feeding him beer to go to bed early. Like, (laughs) whatever else you can do to kids. I mean, she's not doing any of those things. She just thinks there's a third kid who's not there, which, yes, is terrible. But she still cares for the other kids and all that stuff. So, seriously, like... 
just, you know, how about a little diazepam or, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Just get her on something. Balance those levels. Absolutely. And then everything can go back to normal. Victor Garber is acting like he was convinced that she's instantly going to be lobotomized or something like yeah. that. It's not the fucking 1830s. <laughs> like, they would legitimately they, evaluate her and then weigh options. They were going to put leeches on her? <laughs> and then they were going to... They were going to do shock therapy, and then they were going to put her underwater. And if she her body floated to the top, it meant she wasn't a witch. <laughs> and, 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 if it, and if it didn't, they were going to burn her. And... Uh, this is a little something from the IMDb message boards, which, is where, which is where I get all my news. <laughs> Somebody has a question, and I'll read the question after I read the, the sub-post of it, because it, it spoils it. Okay. Just wondering. Uh, by the way, Victor Garber's character's name is Tim. Tim. <clears throat> Just wondering. Tim put up with his wife Anne's mental problem. If I was him, I would have che- I would have checked her into a mental institution or kill her. <laughs> Question, why don't Tim Beeman kill his wife? <laughs> <laughs> was this po- was this uh, posted in Saudi Arabia? <laughs> I guess it's a legitimate question. <laughs> why, why murder? Why not divorce? Well, obviously, John Wayne Gacy, 647, when he wrote the question, you know, he was like, well, listen, I'd fucking kill her. <laughs> why don't he kill her? You know, here's why. I'll answer <laughs> why question. don't Tim kill his wife? <laughs> because that opens a whole other can of worms. You got to explain to the two real kids what happened. Yeah. Family and friends. How about this? Tim's not the crazy one. That's why Tim not kill his wife. <laughs> oh, Tim no kill wife. <laughs> kill wife bad. Tim, I don't see any of Maggie's drawings. Well, maybe they got lost. Mom, look. Maggie's drawing. So we can talk about parent-teacher night, which is always difficult when you've got an invisible child. I mean, it's, right, it's, everybody? I'm sure it's bad enough with real kids. Because this... <laughs> that was always torture. I hated going with my parents to parent-teacher night. That fucking sucked. Yeah, because, like, basically what's going on is it's uh, the youngest boy's first year of school. And, like, mm. we've seen him get dropped off and, like... She goes to pick them both up. She picks up uh, the kid, and then she's like, oh, here comes Maggie. And she's like tickling air for no reason. Again, it's a schoolyard letting out. Why was no one there to be like, what the fuck's she doing? Mm -hmm. There's never any of that, aside from that beautiful woman in that bathroom. (laughs) But they're all, it's like art. Like, it's like they're walking around. We're looking at all these little six-year-old kids' drawings. And isn't it cute? And isn't it lovely? And then she's like, wait a minute. Where's Maggie's drawing? Sidetrack. They're in the little boy's classroom. Mm -hmm. And the fake kid is older than the little boy. Yeah. So she's like, she's like, hey, little boy, stay right there. We're going to be back in one second to see your puppet show. And they go into a classroom that neither of their real children is assigned. And then that's when she's like, where's Maggie's drawing? Yeah. And this real daughter... Pulls out a pre-made painting from a book bag, and she's like, hey, Mom, here's Maggie's drawing. It's signed Maggie and everything. The, the web of lies that this kid is, is working on is How nuts. do you anticipate that, though? That's a bit too convenient for my taste. She's a diabolical genius. 
you know, she st- you know, she w- when she went to the bathroom, she stayed out a little later with that hall pass peeked in. What's what's first grade up to? <laughs> and uh, oh, okay, all right. Oh, parent teacher conference is about a week. I bet, I bet that arts and crafts gonna show up there, huh? All right, I'll get. To- I got a little extra time at lunch, so she dresses up like a janitor. <laughs> It's like baby cakes. She just pays a janitor. It's like eight years old, like sweeping. She's like, oh, what are the, what are the, what's, what's up, Mrs. Beeman's class up to? Interesting. Mm. <laughs> it gets even worse, though, because then Rita Wilson tries to talk to the teacher of this classroom. And she's like, hi, I'm Ann Beeman, blah, blah, blah. I just want to say I love what you're doing with these kids, your enthusiasm, blah, blah, blah. And the guy's just like, oh, thank you, thank you. Who the fuck is your kid? <laughs> and then the daughter is like, uh, uh, and you see like Victor Garber's looking at the kid, looking at the nanny. Nanny's looking at Victor Garber, and the kid's like, uh, uh, uh. Victor Garber slowly pulling a pistol out of his pocket. <laughs> like, Here's he's where like, it ends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gonna end today. <laughs> and she just goes, "I'm gonna throw up." Like this kid has everything mm-hmm. figured out. It's fucking scary she's got the fucking town wired man it's scarier than someone who thinks they have an invisible child absolutely but the funny thing is all right if i'm victor garber right and i'm uh-huh. the world's biggest doormat my yes. wife has i mean it's not even doormat it's just beyond codependent and <laughs> just whatever like oh my wife has this problem i'm gonna just ignore it and it'll probably go away once it's time to send me little maggie off to school i'd be like you know, I've been reading a lot, a lot of interesting literature about homeschooling. Like, I'm not. There's too <laughs> yeah. many ways this can go wrong. It's no, it's absolutely true, and I think that's why we come into their lives right at the point that we do, because this is obviously when it's going to unravel. When you are like forcing your fake kid to go out into the world more, mm-hmm. you know, obviously this is where the cracks are going to come down. One really really serial killer line that Rita Wilson has in this movie, it's fucking terrifying and it's a real blink if you miss it scene too. Uh it's after the whole school shenanigans and they're laying in bed and Victor Garber's just staring up at the <laughs> ceiling like you know, I've read multiple reports on what happens when you put a bullet in your mouth. <laughs> but all of them say pretty much that death is instantaneous unless you really fuck it up. So as long as I don't fuck it up. You know, so he's, he's silently weighing suicide. And she's like laying with her head on his chest singing a song. Like a crazy person. And he's like, and, and, you know, like, shut up. The kind, of, <laughs> kind of a thing. And she goes, uh, she just shushes him. And she goes, Quiet. I'm singing to your heart. I'm singing to your heart. <laughs> Crazy train pulling out of the Dude, station. You can't feel bad for Victor Garber in this because he's the architect of his own doom. <laughs> <laughs> he's the architect of his family's demise. Yeah. He's working on a mausoleum now. Like, I honestly think you could raise better kids if you... You ever hear about those stories with like those psychological experiments where you keep a kid in darkness for five years? Yes. That might be better than making them pretend they have a fake brother and or sister. You know who's better parents than these two? The parents from Dogtooth. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't seen Dogtooth, go see it and then come back and go, well, Andrew was pretty right. <laughs> uh, no, 
No, that, that's a movie about these parents who they don't let their children out of their house or out of the, the property of their house. And there's big, you know, wall around their house type thing. And they tell them that on the other side of the wall, there's fucking monsters. And, and they have like weird words for things. Like there's a cat that goes by and they're like, that's a monster. Look at that monster. And these kids are like 30. And they have it's it's fucked. Up. This movie, it's an excellent movie. It's called Dog Tooth. It's a Greek film. Definitely check it out. But they are better parents than these it's, two uh, fucking like the kids. The village, the Greek village. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did rip off M Night Shyamalan's classic, The Village. See, someone made it work. <laughs> Man, I would actually love that if people like not you know like everyone everyone's crazy about remakes these days. What if just people took. Movies that could have could have worked should have worked exactly. Just take it away from M Night Shyamalan and be like, you know, I'm gonna fix these things. Here's the thing about the village, that's a good movie until that twist ending. Yeah, like that's a solid thriller. Like there's monsters in the woods. We have to stay, you know, in front of the tree line or whatever. Like the, all the right. tension, everything like that works. I see M Night idea. Shyamalan in a park ranger uniform. Fuck <laughs> you. Holy shit, fuck you, didn't, that movie. Didn't that movie also have, like, um, didn't they do, like, a psycho thing in there where they switched protagonists or something? Am I, am I confusing this? I don't remember. I only saw it that one time. I saw it the one time, and I wasn't, wasn't I mean, I remember the whole thing is, it. like, you know, Sigourney Weaver, and I think William Hurt's in that yeah, movie. Yeah, he's, like, the lead. It's, it was movies. like, a, you know, they were a bunch of hippies that did this, like, social experiment in the 70s or whatever. I mean, yeah, all that co- stuff. Colonial Williamsburg run amok. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I all that stuff is totally awesome to a degree. I mean, you know, to a degree. I don't need it to be in present day. No. I just need parents to be lying to their offspring about not leaving this village kind of a thing. So Invisible Child. Invisible yeah. Child. Uh, ba- so she goes to a psychiatrist. This, again, this woman is... Uh, this woman, I'm sorry. Uh, Jillian, the, the, the nanny, nanny yes. is dirt stupid. Because yep. she's from England, which is fine. But she's got nothing to do with no, her no, being but, dirt but, stupid. She's just like, well, what do you do... What do you do when someone is when, when when Americans are acting this way? You turn them into social services. So she goes to the psychiatrist and like, you should probably go to social services. Like, What's that? And he's like, Well, when people don't know how to take care of their kids, that's where you fucking go. Like you don't have there's no equivalent in England. I bet there is. I'm sure there's there's gotta be something. Even in this country, we don't just call it social services. There's all sorts of different names for Child Protective Services. When people come and take your kids away. (laughs) Yeah, in England those are called gypsies. (laughs) (laughs) Fiena I want to touch on a thing here um, because that's around when, you know, Jillian's out there talking to the outside world and she runs into uh, a league of nannies and there's another British nanny there. Yes. And she's talking about what what's so great about America. American men have got it over the Brits on two counts. Great teeth and great bums. Jillian's got a fine British accent. This woman is Terry Jones as a British woman, you know? She's just like, you know what I love about American men is they have better teeth and better bums. And she's like, oh, bums. Oh, I love bums. And this this chick's just like, uh-huh. It's also weird, too. She's like, like, this woman's giving her the lay of the land, right? And she's like, you see that one over there? Well, she's a Georgia peach, ain't she? She's a rotten core Georgia peach. <laughs> like, there's, like, some chick. She's, like, dressed like a little slutty or whatever. And then, you know, she's like, you see that woman over there? 
Well, she's from Romania, and her family's so rich, they bought her a house, and sometimes she has crazy nanny parties. <laughs> and I'm just picturing, like, these ridiculous, like, nanny fucking blow and orgy parties. <laughs> I don't care. And, like, and that's, like, a movie that I'd almost watch, but nope, that, that character is instantly gone. The nanny th- party, I would watch. The <laughs> only thing that that, that woman says it Sounds like is, a Netflix streaming movie. Jillian has this secret shame of, like, I have an invisible child that I'm taking care of. <laughs> So she's like, what do you do if, you know, maybe there's a problem at home? And she's like, well, I'd go to a head shrinker, I would. They have them here in America. It's amazing. They take your head and make it smaller. <laughs> it's not a witch doctor, no. But just, I mean, and it's, her, this woman acts like psychiatry is like a America-only thing. Yeah. Pretty sure it started in Europe. Yeah, I, you know, and I understand also, like you know, yes, we in America are entirely over you know, over medicated. We are over going to the doctor, cated. You know, I mean, in the nineties, that really was really the pharmaceutical industry. In America oh, of course, was really that's all the, the Prozac jokes, all that shit. Like, I get that, but. You are aware of the existence of the field of psychiatry. <laughs> yes. It's 1991. If you haven't been to a shrink, you've seen a few episodes oh, of Frasier. Sh- maybe she's like from the English equivalent of Dogtooth or the village. <laughs> <laughs> it would be really poor luck if that, if that poor girl grew up in a Dogtooth house <laughs> and then her first outing was to this house with crazy invisible life's children. nothing but horse. <laughs> So she goes, she finally goes to social services. Right. And, like, she's, she's falling in love with the family because they're so wonderful, question mark. And she's just like, <laughs> well, you know, here's the deal. I work for this family. They kind of have this invisible child. It's a little goofy. I'm not crazy about it. And this woman's like, oh, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. And she's like, well, you're twisting my words. What do you mean? She's like, well, obviously these kids are going to grow up terrible. No, they're loved by their parents. They're loved. It's like, seriously, you know, we fall back on this. The old, what the fuck did you think was going to happen? I mean, seriously, like, you're going and telling someone this. Someone who works for an office you've been instructed to go to if you think the children you're watching are in some sort of danger. So when this woman turns around and she's like, well, I'm going to do something about this. She's like, well, no, I don't want you to do anything about this. What, What the fuck did you go to her for then? Enter the evil bitch social services lady. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. She's going to meddle with this family because she doesn't understand the values. Her Christian values are going to fucking impede on my life. Mm-hmm. Just because you're single and childless and barren and you don't get it. You don't get the love that this family has for one another. You just go spouting your mouth off with your education and your job. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, and I also have the power to have you arrested. Continue. So, but the funny thing is, so that happens. Then the reveal about how all this goes on, because that's important. Like, she doesn't know why it started until afterwards. Right. But finally, one day, social services comes a calling, and Victor Garber is fucking terrified. Oh, yeah. I, well, you know, as you should, because your house of cards is coming down around you, Garber. And they're like, well, we have to come. He's like, oh, well, why? Why, why? why would you want to come into my house? I don't, I don't understand. Why, why, why would you want to do that? Rule number one of when the police come to your house, (laughs) if they ask to be let in, you let them in. Mm -hmm. Because when you don't let them in, 
that's the A number one. There's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, that's ridiculous. Why, why are you – you don't have a right to come into come – into, I'm going to call my lawyer. <laughs> and it's like it's more aggressively nasty than it is nervous. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, he, I mean, he's nervous. He's scared. Like, like I said, House of Cards is coming down. But he's more along the lines of like, what fucking right do you have? And all this shit. And she's like, actually, I have the right of the state. Here's two police yeah. officers who can arrest you. He makes them wait at the open door while he goes to call his lawyer. Like, this lady knows the ins and outs of what she can and can't do. And the, he goes to close the door, and she's like, uh, the law says you have to leave the fucking door open. And he's like, well, fine. Like, I yeah, think- dude, this is, the, again, Victor Garber's acting. Like, he also has never heard of social services before. And he comes back and, like, lets them in, because I guess he called his lawyer, and the jig is up. Well, what's, <laughs> yeah. what's amazing is, you know, God bless it, it's a made-for-TV movie. She's like, and leave the door open. And he's like, okay. And begrudgingly walks away. Fade out, but because it's a DVD, it's an instant, like, once it hits black, it fades back in. And it's just him coming back up to the door, like, okay, come in. <laughs> Three minutes later. I would love to see this the conversation with the lawyer, where he's just like, Listen, John. Uh, you know how I, how I have three college funds for no reason. <laughs> I gotta let you in on a little secret, and then it's like, Tim, you're fucked. <laughs> let him in. But so, like, th- this woman's like, okay, you'll be. She, she checks it out, and everything's going fine until she finds Maggie's room, and she's like, whose room is this? And like. The little boy is like, that's Maggie. She's my sister. I love her. Mm-hmm. And like, is she invisible? She sure is. <laughs> <laughs> well, come to think of it, I've never seen her. I never laid eyes on her. <laughs> and so she's like, you'll be hearing from us. And he's like, oh, fuck. He confronts the nanny. He's like, you did this, you evil bitch. And mm-hmm. like, she's crying and she feels all bad. And she's like, but I only told them before you told me why this is going on. Wait, what? What in your mind? justifies any of this no yeah that's it's a completely like batshit not it's a non-justification yeah. like that's just her saying stuff because it's it's in the moment and the fucking jig is up and she's like yeah it's all right I'm, I'm packing my things now and he's like no you're not going anywhere which is terrifying pulls and that I, pistol out of his pocket yeah i was like all right finally someone's getting thrown around <laughs> and he's like because you're gonna help me get us out of this mess and i was like oh a plan Beat her up. But I was also like, so she's not allowed to leave, huh? That's a that's a tricky subject. There's a lot of moments of him being like, well, you're pretty much family now. Yeah. Did you ever see the show Big Love? <laughs> you want to be my other wife? <laughs> you want to be my non-crazy wife? I have a crazy wife. You can be my stupid wife. <laughs> and only one rule. No invisible children. <laughs> They start strangling her. <laughs> I feel like if they ran off together, like they're on some beach in Barbados or something, and he's like making those kind of jokes, like, "Oh, you want to go to the, the salad bar? Yeah, okay. You want to come with us, Maggie? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh we killed all three of them." <laughs> so, one thing before, I mean, because this is pretty much the climax of the movie, because yeah. uh, it's a made-for-TV movie, so the third act is six and a half minutes long but before the social services scene they go for a day at the ferris wheels oh yeah one of the best parts of the film because this is finally where you know we were joking around about like why wouldn't someone sit on her or whatever so 
they're on, they're going on this Ferris wheel, and the guy's like, "All right, six to a car on this Ferris wheel." So it's her and uh, it's it's Rita Wilson and the two real kids, <laughs> and that fills up. Right, there's two other people uh, or three other people in front of them. So she's like, she's like, "Okay, Jilly, you can go with Maggie," and she's like, "Okay," <laughs> and so she gets on the next car, but because it's reality. Jillian gets on the car, and then five other people get on the car. Hilarious! It's like five sixteen-year-old dudes all riding the Ferris wheel together. And there's a yeah, and the one dude is sort of just like all up on her a little bit. Yeah, I feel like there's a, a little move. yeah, a little Ferris wheel fun. <laughs> so they have this Ferris wheel ride, and then like the way they're letting people off, Rita Wilson and the kids get off first, and then here comes the car with. Wait a second! It's just Jilly and five nerds. Oh my god, where's where's Maggie? She starts Maggie? losing her mind, and like the nannies try to keep it together, and she's like, "Oh no, she was just on my lap." You let her go. You got rid of her. She's like Rita Wilson's. Like, oh, they would never let you put her on her lap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah, that's fucking crazy. Swiss, Swiss cheese holes right through that stupid story you tried to feed me. <laughs> yeah, excuse me, logic queen. I apologize. So then, like, world's worst pretty little liar comes in, yeah. and she's just like, oh, uh, oh, it's okay, Mom. Me and Jilly are going to go find her. And they walk, like, ten feet out of sight, and she's like, huh, that's never happened before. All right, we found her. Let's go back. The most <laughs> chilling, unsettling part about that is she's like, oh, my God, you're right, Mom. She's missing. And she's, like, crying, and she runs. She's like, oh, well, this is a bunch of bullshit. Five, four, three, two. Oh, I guess you found the invisible bitch. Let's go back. Yeah, when she is, like, <laughs> when she's saying to Rita Wilson, like, don't worry, Mom, I'll find Like, she's doing this whole, like, she is, it's total rapid-fire improv lying. She's, like, talking about, oh, my God, it's all my fault. We had a fight earlier, and yeah. I yelled at her, and yeah. now she's mad at me. Like, Holy yeah. shit, this kid is reeling off the lies. And then, yeah, she just walks with Jillian and just, and just like smokes a cigarette. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, That'd right. be enough time. Let's get out of here. <laughs> like, it's terrifying the way, the, like, the mood swings oh, this yeah. little girl has. This is a first. I can't believe it. Kids get lost. It gets to church room. We found her. What? Let's go back. So you're right. So then now we're it's the big day and like we're <laughs> the big, <laughs> the big child service is grilling. <laughs> so they're sitting together like it's only it's only Jilly. Uh, by the way, what's his face? Uh, Victor Garber never tells her about social services. Never tells Rita. No, Wilson. Rita Wilson does not know about social services. She's totally kept out of the whole procedure, which is bullshit. Mm-hmm. And so the it's just him. It's Victor Garber. Jilly and the girl, the little girl, and like those are the three that social services are going to talk to. And they take them one by one. Victor Garber comes in and he's got this little briefcase. He's like, you know what? I got a lawsuit in this briefcase and I'm going <laughs> to sue everybody because this is bullshit and you're wasting my time. And they're like, well, where's your crazy wife? She's sick. Uh, where's your son that also believes in it? He's at school. Who's here? Well, the nanny that I pay and my, the little girl, girl that you know is also in cahoots with me. But that's it. That's all you get. Um, that's all you're talking to. Uh, Mr. Mr. Garber, just wanted to let you know that um, lawsuits usually aren't just like, you don't, you don't deliver the lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> you don't hold the lawsuit. You know what I have in this hat? A white rabbit. You know what I'm going to do? Pull it out if you don't cut this bullshit uh, out. Mr. Garber, it's not a literal suit. <laughs> You can't wear a lawsuit. 
Because Denzel Washington in Philadelphia is walking around the lawsuit, the world's worst Halloween costume. So they're all like, they're, they're like, fine, dude. I guess this will do. Which, A, it wouldn't in a million years. No, I said it just before we started. Like, this thing's like, if you were like, that man over there, I suspect he killed his wife. Mm. And you talk to everyone but the man you suspect of killing the wife. Like, you would talk, you would demand. To speak with Rita Wilson, yeah, you have to. That, that's the that she's the whole case. They could probably get like a judge's order to do that. Like oh, yeah. they are talking to that woman. Like that is who they're that they're talking to all these people that know her to find out if she's an unfit mother without ever talking to her. And you know what happens then too in the real world if it's like, oh, okay, your wife didn't show up. Here's the next step. We're going to take your kids. <laughs> I told you not to fuck with me, and you fucked with me. You're getting yeah. your kids taken away. And think how jaded those people who do that job are. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, they, they've got no fucking tolerance think about all the bullshit. people that they see, too. Oh, yeah, they've heard it all before. Invisible children, whatever. Fucking climbing the mountaintop. That, <laughs> sir, we know what that means. <laughs> the, I mean, because these people are butter churners of human misery. They know everything. <laughs> right. And it's just like, you know what? I don't fucking want to hear your lie because you're a liar. But so, like, he goes and he's all fucking berating them. Like, how dare you waste my valuable time? I built this city. Like, he's being a lunatic. <laughs> and then, like, he's got a great line about, like, I'm going to let you talk to them. I'm going to let you talk to my daughter, which I hate. <laughs> yeah, that's... You've got our nanny. You can see her alone, too. She's with us all day, every day. Ask her whatever you like. And you can talk to my daughter, which I hate. I'm going to eat these green beans, which I hate. <laughs> But I understand that I have to. <laughs> so, so is, oh, thanks for doing me a favor, pal. I get which to, I hate. <laughs> I get to speak to one of your kids and not your crazy fuck wife. This is a cavalcade of bold-faced lying. <laughs> like they bring the nanny in, and she's like, she's like, okay, Jillian, isn't it true you came to me and said that the woman you work for believes she has an invisible child? And she's like. Why, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, it's kind of like, you know, you, it's like it's like so clearly has the feeling of like a teenager just lying to their parents. Like, I never said that. I never did that. I didn't go there. You know, of course I was home before curfew. Oh, yeah. So I guess I was just talking to Invisible Jillian that day. <laughs> <Yeah. huh? laughs> because it's all centering on this one social. Like this, it's the social services lady that we saw before. Yes. And then like two other people there. And like it's she's leading the whole thing and like as as this woman's like, Well I've never I never said that to you or like, Oh I did oh come to think of it, I Yo, did Oh yeah. I did say something about someone having an invisible child, but that was my friend. Good one, Columbo. Like, like it's okay. just a fucking Also question. Okay, that, so that was someone I don't get a paycheck from. That, oh, that's yeah, exactly. Like this woman is being paid to lie. Like, okay, that's fine. Um, just tell me what the names of those people are. We'll, we'll call them up and we'll straighten this right out. Yeah, they're, totally. They're, they're in England. <laughs> they're also invisible. I don't know if I mentioned that. <laughs> and like this, this ending is kind of played like the end of PCU, where like <laughs> this social service woman is like Jessica Walter, and she's just getting all steamed. They're like, "Oh, that rowdy house of PCU," mm. and like we're all like, "Good for you, you dumb bitch." I'm like, no, <laughs> she's a social services woman trying to bring order to this world. And then Victor Garber is like, "Screw this, I'm going to the frisbee game." I'm going to hang out with Jake Busey for some ultimate frisbee. <laughs> we're seniors. <laughs> Just one bong rib. 
But I mean, that's that's the most disgusting part about this whole thing is these three people, especially the woman who comes to the house and makes the whole visit. Like they're just doing their job, yeah. and it's social services. Yeah, it's not like they're three SS members banging down the <laughs> attic door. Okay, these people are trying to help this family, and it just it's back to that mindset of like, oh yeah, well you just don't fucking get it. You don't share our values, mm-hmm. and it's like. I am not going to sit here with this DVD on and agree that this social services woman is the villain of this movie. It's fucking Victor Garber. Yep. It's the little kid. And now it's fucking Jilly the nanny because you're fucking – you're just as guilty as the rest of them now, lady. And finally, in a tour de force performance, Mae Whitman shows up. <laughs> little Mae Whitman. And they're like, oh, uh, we hear you have an invisible sister. It's like, well, that's really silly. And she's like playing it like – uber girly which is weird like she's playing up oh i'm a doe-eyed little girl because she's fucking crazy invisible sister you have an invisible sister my brother has an imaginary friend or two we call one maggie is that what you mean it's kind of like in uh dark knight rises when uh bruce wayne's like those pearls look great on you or whatever. They look better uh, on you than in my mother's safe or, or whatever. Yeah. And then Anne Hathaway makes that switch and she's like, oops. Yeah. And then you're like, wow, she's fucked up. Like, yeah. good job, Selena Kyle. Like, that's what this is like. She's like, all right, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to fucking rock their world. <laughs> Invisible sister. That's silly. Ha ha. And you're just like, holy fuck. Holy fuck. When she's like 30 years old, she's going to be cutting off people's skin. Like, I know that they say, like, predominantly there's no female serial killers. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Breaking the mold. This kid. She's going to be wearing all sorts of skins, putting a bunch of clown makeup she's on. She's going to be like that, that hatchet woman. What was her name? Uh, Lizzie Borden. There you go. She or, only killed her parents, though, but it's a start. Or yeah. Ar- Arlene Warlord. Oh, Monster. Yeah, Monster. Charlie Theron's movie. There. Yeah, Arlene, yeah, yeah. Arlene yeah. something or other. She was a serial killer. Aileen Wernos. Wernos, yeah. Something I think like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, She's going to grow up to be Monster. Maybe uh, this little girl's M.O. is just, I like to make everyone invisible. And she just like cuts <laughs> their throats. And, now you're invisible. You're with my invisible sister. You're just sleeping, but you're invisible. <laughs> yeah, there's just- I get to pick who I put to sleep and who I turn invisible. <laughs> <laughs> Which do you want to be? The detective is like smoking cigarettes. He's like, I don't get it. I keep seeing all these notes like... Say hello to Maggie for me. Who's Maggie? And he's like trying to be, It's like Danny Glover in the first Saw movie. Yeah. He just can't crack the case. <laughs> Man, he is ten steps behind in that movie. Oh, at the very least, he's <laughs> ten steps behind in that movie. Uh, uh, so, so yeah, she's going through this whole fucking thing. And she's like, the lady actually is really great. She's like trying to attribute it. She's like... She's like, you know, it's it's like you know, it's it's invisible. It's like Santa Claus, and she's like, oh yeah, so like like we like the tooth fairy, yeah, you know, she used to be my invisible friend, but then I gave her over to my little brother. It's kind of a fun game, blah blah blah, and all this crazy shit. And the lady's getting so frustrated with this little girl, and she keeps bringing up Santa Claus, like, oh, isn't Santa Claus so ridiculous? Now that you think about it, Santa Claus is pretty crazy. And this fucking uh, uh, social services woman gets so upset, she just goes. Santa Claus is an established cultural fantasy. <laughs> and she's trying to explain, like, 
you know, it's it's okay because a lot of people share the fantasy of Santa Claus, but if one person has one fantasy that no one else has, it's fucking cuckoo town, and she's just not buying it. And then what, the greatest fucking thing she compares it to, as far as imaginary people goes... Yeah, in terms of fantasies. Yeah. The little girl, you know, Mae Whitman goes, oh, like Martin Luther King? <laughs> he had a dream. <laughs> That nobody else had. So you're saying he's crazy, lady? Are you going to stand here in front of God and everybody at badmouth Martin Luther King? I won't let you. What's crazy about that, though, is she's like, he had a dream that no one else had. Like, yeah, he gave the speech, but a lot of people had that dream of seeing their daughters go to the same school. I mean, you no, know what yeah. I mean? Like, that, was a collect- that was a culturally shared dream. Yeah, I totally. But, I mean, this is also the point where, you know, like, I know what the girl is saying, you know, but you could tell there's trouble at home. Because right when a little girl goes into, into social services and starts controlling the narrative of what's going on, <laughs> yeah, totally. that's when you got a problem. Oh, absolutely. It's fucking twisted, man. If a 10-year-old girl is working the room in the social services interrogation problem also how do these people not know they're being played like there's two other people on either side of the the villainous social services woman and they just keep quiet through the whole thing the only thing either of them do is when like this kid just keeps going on with the story the woman next to her just writes on a note like let's wrap it up huh like you fucking lost you lost to a 10 year old girl you've been outplayed and then they so they they get they get off scot-free Yes. They walk out and like three steps in front of social service like, yay! High-fiving and fucking hugging each other like, you just committed fraud. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're all in it together. Can you at least wait until you get in the car before you celebrate? Side question I had when I was watching this, by the way. Uh, this evil social services woman... She losing her job? Oh, yeah. It's a big fucking problem. Like, it's a black eye on the department, right? Like, she's yeah. done for. Mm-hmm. Which it's like... All right, Victor Garber, I guess you didn't get your kids taken away, but now this woman can't feed her family or whatever. You know what I mean? They're going to be invisible, too, now. (laughs) I just made your job invisible. Invisible fucking paycheck. Thanks a lot. But so then, like, so like that's that was the big climax of the movie. And then it's like, oh, my God. Maggie's really sick, honey. And like Victor Garber's like, okay, And that's when the hospital scene happens. Well, she's been making yeah. she's been making Maggie sicker throughout the last like half hour of the movie, and one of the things you start to realize is like by Rita Wilson planting this ad for the nanny, it's sort of saying like, all right, she wants this outside force to come into the house somewhere. She knows this is going to help her break down the fantasy kind of a thing. Yeah, because there's one scene where she's just very random. It's after the Ferris wheel incident, and she's like. Oh, 100 degrees, hon. You have a fever. And then, like, after that, like, every point, it's like, she's just getting sicker and sicker. Think about how wrong this could have gone with Rita Wilson here. Is imagine if she was crazy enough that she was like, I kind of want my child, Maggie, to get get sick. And there are parents that I think, you know, that, that go crazy and whatever, and they start poisoning their kids a little bit oh, by yeah, yeah. little bit. Yeah, absolutely. What if she started poisoning Maggie's dinner a little bit by little bit? <laughs> And then the other girl starts eating it. I Holy mean, Vi- fuck. Victor Garber, this you barely miss, you 
barely missed that. That's you know? where it gets dangerous. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> really in trouble. It could have happened. No, absolutely. I don't put anything past this woman, but like, you're right though, because I think she is, she's putting, she's turning the screws like, okay, maybe someone will, fu- she's drowning and she's like, please, yep. someone help me. I'll make the baby sick. Anything, anything. Exactly. Just to bring this to a head. So they come back and they're all happy. They bring, they buy this ridiculous, crazy fucking horse. It's like a rocking horse, like really creepy. And they're like, happy unbirthday, mom. Yeah. Terrifying. And she's like, you know what? Why don't you put that in Maggie's room? She's really not doing well and all this shit. And they have a series of scenes. Everyone's kind of saying goodbye to Maggie. And the creepiest one, it's like the fucking last scene in Primal Fear. The little girl goes in and she's like, hey, Mags. You know, I always kind of hated you, but you did make life a lot of fun. And, like, she's, like, smoking a cigarette. But, like, it's just like. slowly clapping. How'd you figure it out, counselor? Like this is that's like, uh, yeah. like that's that's what this scene is. It's so weird. Uh so long story short, the kid dies. Uh like there's there's a crazy thing where the little the little boy comes into the room and she's like Rita Wilson's like, Oh hey, uh Maggie just said she saw an angel up in the ceiling. Can you see that angel? And the kid turns around and he's like, Um, I don't yeah, yeah, I see it. I see it. And you see Rita Wilson be like, all right, I got to kill this kid. Like, <laughs> it's obviously fucking up my real son. Because Rita Wilson, that's what's, that's what's amazing is that Rita Wilson's like, well, I see the little girl in the bed that's sick, but I don't see the crazy angel she sees. <laughs> It'd be great if there was a test like, wrong idiot, there's no angel there. That's a baby, <laughs> but you're a fucking moron because there's no angel there. The little boy gives one of the most chilling line readings of the film when when this kid is dead. He says, like, Maggie's with God. One day, you'll be with God. And Dad and Doc and me will be with God. <laughs> Yikes, it, yeah, kid. We'll all be invisible. Something tells me that damage is irreparable. Oh, it's done for, man. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you might as well erase him. Start over. They're going to be like a brother-sister serial killer. Yeah, that's team. exactly what I was thinking. The Bonnie and Clyde of skin wears. Well, Bonnie and Clyde went brother and sister. But, you and know, they were, they're going to be they wearing... They lovers, though. They're going to be wearing skin. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how this is going to turn out. <laughs> Anything's possible, Eric. It's true. So then they bury Maggie in the backyard like a dog, like you would. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, it's a big, creepy funeral scene. Victor Garber's like, uh, Maggie, your brother asked me to uh, say this prayer or whatever. And I'm like, oh, man, till the bitter end, they're keeping up with this, huh? But meanwhile, Victor Garber's like, fucking finally, he's like ready to (laughs) dance. If you've ever been ready to dance, it's at your imaginary daughter's funeral. (laughs) Like, yeah, he's just. Because the whole movie, he's been like, you know, it ends when my wife says it ends. Mm-hmm. It's like, this timetable's hers, man, and I'm just here for the ride kind of a thing. And inside, he's like, It's like those great adventure commercials. It's on the grave. And we end with a terrifying freeze frame where Rita Wilson hugs Victor Garber, and she just goes, Thank you. What? is the thank you for. Thank you for saying such a nice prayer at our fake daughter's funeral, or thank you for putting up with my crazy bullshit for five years. Or thank you for digging the hole. (laughs) 
<laughs> Thank you for letting me keep her in the backyard so we don't have to visit the pesky cemetery every day. Thank you for buying the horse. <laughs> like, it could be anything. It's, it's a very lost in translation ending. Like, ooh, what, did, what, what, what was that? What happened there? It is an ending that will be debated for you. <laughs> oh, man. And that's, that's yeah, the visible child. Cue the comic sans, and we're out of there. What? professional person lifetime movie or no is like i gotta make these credits up today eh, how about comic sans yeah that's professional someone someone waiting to get a sandwich would anybody would anybody recommend this movie i'd say yeah it's it's a strong lifetime like you gotta life like lifetime movies, right. which means you gotta like movies that aren't really movies, but kind of just collections of things. <laughs> if you do that, if you enjoy a good lifetime movie, it's 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 in my top ten. Yeah, I would I would recommend it. I mean, I haven't seen a lot of lifetime movies. I get the gist of a lifetime movie, which is why a lot of the time I'm like, I am not gonna watch this, yeah. you know. But we wanted to do this for the show. I'm happy I watched this. I understand. That this is not the traditional Lifetime movie. I mean, that's what we've talked about here. There's no deadbeat dads, you know, in the in the traditional sense of deadbeat daddery. You know, there's no torrid affairs. There's no internet pornography addictions. There's no high school orgies, whatever. But as a as Lifetime aside, as a crazy as shit movie, a made for TV movie, whatever. Yep, definitely recommending it. Like, you have to see some of these scenes. The bathroom scene, the school scene, the Ferris wheel scene. Like, you have to see this shit to believe it. Yeah, I would also recommend it. I think um, it could be aided with a couple of beverages. <laughs> sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, make a little night of it. It's, it's, it's fun. It's, it's really, really out there. I mean, how often do you see a movie about an invisible child? <laughs> Would you uh, recommend rock climbing to this movie, Eric? <laughs> <laughs> no, but maybe Puff the Magic Dragon <laughs> or, uh, you know, a couple of beers. What's, what's, sli- what's Craigslist for beers? <laughs> <laughs> Orange juice? Who knows? Oh, I just want to quickly uh, mention uh, a couple of credits here. Some people like it when we talk about the people involved in these movies. Yeah, the um, geniuses behind the scenes. This was directed by Joan Micklin Silver, mm-hmm. who also directed 1989's Lover Boy, starring Patrick Dempsey as a pizza delivering gigolo that I've seen actually too many times. In <laughs> Six or seven, at least. You, uh, four or five. She also directed Crossing Delancey, which is a movie with Amy Irving, and I believe. Uh, Boone from Animal House, Peter Regard, I believe, is the dude. Uh, don't quote me on that. I don't know if it's Peter Regard, but it's definitely Amy Irving. And uh, another person involved, uh, Ron Bass, who's credited with story, was a was the like the screenplay writer for Rain Man, which is surprising. <laughs> Did that win an Oscar? It might have. Yeah, it might have. Uh, I'm sure uh, uh, we we love movies would answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> He also did Dangerous Minds in that Amelia Earhart movie with Hilary Swank that no one saw the other year. That disappeared mysteriously like (laughs) Amelia Earhart. The Invisible Movie. (laughs) And that is your Who's Responsible? (laughs) This this week and Who's Responsible? Well, hey, we're back again uh, in the rerun bunker here, just letting, (laughs) letting you guys know, you know. You, we might have cut off some of the information of how to get the show and all that, but you know how to do that. You're you know here. how to do it. You yeah. found it. 
You're already here, man. It's all right, man. It's fucking summer. We're not going to get any new <laughs> listeners putting out old episodes. These are just for the fans. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think along with that is like, like, yeah, these are some of our favorite episodes, but they're also going to be fan favorites. The one that we have at the end of September is a definite fan favorite. At the end of at the start of September. At the start of September, the end of this vacation I guess that we're we should doing. Tell people when we're coming back really quick, maybe. Mid September eleventh, whatever. Sometime around there. So that's uh that's it for the invisible child. Next week, so this was Eric's pick. Next week is a Steve pick. I'm gonna put out uh, this is a new little uh th- fun thing to put out there. Again, we want you guys to feel like you gained something by listening to this episode if you already listened to it. A fact no one knows about me that I will reveal right now is that I do not like The Who, and I never have, and I never will. <laughs> oh, really? A little controversial news on We Hate Movies, yeah. never liked The Who. There you go. I heard it on the way here, and I was in a bad mood, and it made me in a worse mood. <laughs> do you remember which song it was that put you in a bad mood? Uh, was it Bobo fool- Won't be fooled again. Oh, because you were like, I won't be fucking fooled again by this goddamn subway system. <laughs> exactly. New York City in the summer, kids, it's a horrible place to live. Oh, yeah, yeah, do, do, oh, do not come here. <laughs> Luckily, we're all off in the Hamptons somewhere. Just yeah, like yeah. Weekend at Bernie's. Well, yeah, I'm playing with a dead body on a beach. <laughs> it's what I do every summer. It's beautiful out there. So until next week with Steve's pick, enjoy your vacation, everybody. See you next time. Bye-bye.